0: Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Welcome back to another week. Welcome back to another episode. Welcome back to If I Didn't Laugh, I'd Cry. How is everybody doing? How are you feeling? What have you been thinking, feeling? What's going on? you know what I mean what what things have been stressing you and what can you do about it if there's nothing you can do about it let go and let God that that saying it's like oh right it's it's easier said than done but I feel like it's actually harder to maintain stress and to keep the stress than to just let go and let God but that's just me with my newfound mindset so let me not let me not act like I'm better than anybody you get me (laughs) Because I understand it all. I understand it all. But yeah, how have you guys been doing? I have been doing good. I am K-knackered. Or if you remember Constance's episode, I am naked. I am completely naked. I'm finished. I have been, I've spent like most of the week at my parents' house because I had work um, in Luton. But then I thought, let me come down you know, try and get in Olivia's assembly, like she did a, a violin recital. <laughs> All I can say is the girl needs practice, you get me? <laughs> but I was still a proud mom, recording, smiling, bless her. But, you know, some some things you just need to recognize and acknowledge that this is not a natural, a natural thing here. You know what I mean? Um, but it was still good. It was really good. All I know, I've had a good week and I'm feeling good, but I am just tired. I am just tired. Um, and I've left this recording to last minute because it's just been quite hectic. I am recording this on a Thursday. Thursday. I'm so scared. I'm afraid. I'm frightened. I'm shook. Okay? Because I don't usually do this. I usually like record a little bit in advance to give myself a little bit of time, but Thursday night and I don't have to edit. No. Mm so mm. Mm -mm. I'm very very worried about myself (laughs) you know what it scares me I don't know if you've seen that meme of like um let me not go off on a tangent um but yeah otherwise I'm feeling good I feel like January I haven't spent much of it at home at all I feel like January I've spent it here at my parents house and I have spent most of it not, not feeling very well you know what I mean your girl's nearly dying do you remember that Anyway, guys, it's just me. So let's get into it. Uh, something to get off my chest. Ooh, I got something to get off my chest. I think the only thing I've got to get off my chest, it's not like it's not like a rant or anything like that. I think it's just like a thought I've been having lately of back in the day I used to absolutely hate debates I used to absolutely hate debating and I realized that the reason why I hated debating is because you know to me a debate should be you bring your like like a philosophy kind of thing in it like different thoughts different ideas but what usually happens is people get really passionate about what they're saying, and it usually ends up as in like a convincing like <laughs> a um what's it called like a conversion what's it called man when people are talking to each other and they're trying to change each other's minds but I think there's a word but when people are tr- trying to change each other's minds and it that thought has come up again lately because there's a lot of like debate type conversations that have been happening um I was out for dinner um, and we were having this conversation and like this question came up. It's like in that kind of instance, I kind of realized that I hate, I hate debating because it usually goes south. Thankfully, this didn't go south. It was just irrespective of opinions and things like that, which is great, which is what it's meant to be. But it made me realize how much I just hate debates because when people get passionate, it's like, People start, like, I would say, like, puffing their chests up a little bit, show knowledge, show wisdom. And to me, I can't be bothered with all of that. And embarrassing if I didn't laugh, at would cry story. Listen, I don't have an embarrassing if I didn't laugh, at would cry story. Nothing crazy, nothing crazy has really happened this week. But one thing I know for sure is when I'm at work, I don't put in the effort. You know what I mean? I don't put in the effort like that. Then I go to the toilet and I look in the mirror and I look exact I look at exactly how scary I look. Lace lifting. Tell me why yesterday I had my wig on and the baby hairs or the edges of my wig, those were adults, fam. They had a mortgage. <laughs> they were not baby hairs. <laughs> I looked in the mirror and I thought, oh my gosh, <laughs> this is this is how. I came out and presented myself but then my mentality is I don't deserve me at my best <laughs> I don't put on a lick of makeup sometimes I do when I just want to like feel like I'm alive when I feel really horrible but barely and I am just busy gelling down some fully grown mature adult fam as baby hairs that's crazy that's crazy but it's not an embarrassing if I didn't laugh, I'd cry because am I gonna stop doing it? No, I'm not gonna stop doing it. However, do I find it low-key embarrassing that I you know what I mean? Because I know how it should look. Do you do you, you understand? <laughs> so it's not necessarily sending me blushing, making me hot, but yeah, fam. Yeah, fam. Mm-hmm. This, this week, in terms of like finding a topic, I was going back and forth about, do I want to do Christianity? Do I want to do this? Do I want to do that? I even, even considered doing um, Latter-day Saints or Mormons. Because I know you've heard me talk about Mormon junior, but then I thought... Pff- they consider themselves Christians, so that would fall in their Christian umbrella. Then I thought, oh, that might be a good idea to do denominations in Christianity, because I know that there are so many denominations. And some people might not believe that Seventh-day Adventist is, I would say, a representative of what the Bible Christian is and should be. Um, but then I thought, yes, that that is separate, so I'm not going to do that. But I don't know if you guys remember, I did a series on atheism once and that series I think it was like just discussing questions that people have when it comes to atheism or what people were saying in the atheists um reddit group but then this time I kind of looked into their beliefs a little bit and I looked into a um beliefs of pantheism and I looked into beliefs of folk religion. So I'm going to do a three in one. It's not going to be following the structure because they just don't believe in that structure. There was just nothing to demonstrate that. So you know what I mean? But I wanted to cover it just a little bit because I know that people do have these beliefs or share these beliefs. So somebody might be like, why should I believe in God at all? I'm renouncing everything to do with God. You know what I mean? Where, Where would they fall under and things like that? So let's let's get started. Let's start with atheism or rather they like to be known as non-religion. Yeah, it's a non-religion. All humans are born without any religious beliefs. These concepts must be taught, indoctrinated and inculcated by parents, guardians and the society in which they live. From this perspective, atheism or non-belief is the normal default for everyone. It is the deliberate add-on of religion that should be considered as abnormal, an instruction that is so subtly creeping and insid- so subtly creeping and insidious that it appears to be normal for those who have never experienced anything else. For atheists, non-belief and rejection of man-made gods is completely normal. It is probably the case that the majority of the UK population have never given religion. Um, a second thought during their daily lives however religion still pervades uk society in many ways right so um, they give examples of how this could be the case so like the reigning monarch because you know they believe in god and all them things there um religious schools that are around religious objection to birth control abortion homosexuality animal slaughter same-sex marriage etc Uh, prayers, preceding official business at local councils, House of Commons, House of Lords. Um, So they want to normalise being atheist or the belief of being atheist. Um, Most of the UK population have little or no interest in religion, even if they don't call themselves atheists. Religion plays no part in their daily lives. However, religion still maintains a huge influence, even though all religions claim claims are demonstrably demonstrably even though all religious claims are demonstrably false so I think I said this before when I was covering atheism you know to say that we are non-religious we don't believe anything and we have no religion whilst having a body of people who are like-minded and have a purpose and a goal I feel like that's a belief, and I feel like it is a religion. And I also believe that, you know, with religion, especially if I could speak from a personal standpoint of Christianity, um, you require faith in order for this to go forward, in order for the God fact to go forward, etc. cetera. You practice faith. I think not believing is also practicing faith. So people don't believe in nothing. You understand the reason why you're atheist is because your beliefs are not aligned to the Christianity belief or to the Islam belief or to the Buddhism belief and all these things. Hence why you're a non-believer, but you believe in something. You can't believe in nothing. And if you believe in nothing, you believe in something. Do you understand how the world is not just nothingness? How you can't just not think if you are not thinking you're thinking of not thinking (laughs) which is a crazy thought isn't it but when it comes to atheism or non-belief to me to have a whole campaign to dismantle religion that takes a lot of work you know that takes a lot of work and I feel like from what I was reading, it's like they want to dismantle their monarchy. They don't want to have faith and religion in schools. They don't want to have this in schools. And I find all of this stuff a little bit, a little bit, I would say, interesting. You know, I know that's my favorite word on here, interesting. Because when they talk about schools with a religious ethos and selection criteria that are funded by a taxpayer, they don't like that. They don't want that to be the case. okay. But then currently in schools, they are teaching things that somebody who is religious doesn't agree to, but I was reading upon that and I have no choice. I can't say I don't want my child to learn about X, Y, and Z based on religious grounds. But then there is somebody who's starting a movement who has gone into, some people have campaigned. Now for there to be any religious anything in a school it has to be a faith-based school you know what I mean because they've pulled all of that religious stuff out of schools well most schools anyway as far as I'm concerned or as far as I'm aware um so there is those campaigns but then I can't pull my child out of a certain lesson based on religious grounds we used to have people who were pulled out of RE based on non-belief you know what I mean So it's just an interesting mindset to me of like, okay, you, 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 what you believe and what you practice is not widely believed. It's like forced down our throats. So you are going to be forced to believe in non-belief in what we believe. I wonder if that's a good way of going about things. You know what I mean? I understand the need for your non-beliefs to be respected. I get that. But then I don't understand why your non-beliefs to be respected, you've got to beat down a certain group of people. You know what I mean? I don't believe in Islam. I don't believe in many of the faiths that I have, well, all of them, in all of the religions that I've discussed. I don't believe in any of them. But I have no interest to say let's eradicate them because it's got nothing to do with me and everything to do with their personal convictions. But where where do I get off being so convicted in my spirit that I want to stop them from believing what they believe in, because I don't believe in it. And therefore I say, everybody must believe in what I believe in. But here's my opinion. Before I turn into the Bible, here's my opinion whether we didn't teach our children or not, you know what I mean? Whether we didn't teach our children or not when it comes to religion, whether culture didn't teach anybody or not, I believe that it would still exist because people have free thought and the Bible says, for all have been dealt with a measure of faith, all, which means that the mindset and the idea started from somewhere And that's somewhere where it started. No one can take that away. You know what I mean? No one can take that away. And to desire to take that away, in my opinion, is satanic. But let me read in the Bible regarding non-belief. You know what I mean? Let's turn ourselves to the book of Psalms, chapter 53. So if we go down to Psalms chapter 53, and, and we start from verse 1, it says, um, The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt and have done abominable iniquity. There is none who does good. God looks down from heaven upon his children of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek God. The fool has said in his heart, "There is no God." They are corrupt, and they have done abominable iniquity. There is none who does good. Listen. This this chapter is talking about um, the 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 basically the foolishness of godless people, and also the restoration of Israel. So it's talking about that. That's the context is the restoration of Israel. But to begin with, it's talking about the foolishness of godless people people who don't believe in god you know these things are not things that are random where somebody says there is no god it's the reason why i believe in the bible so much is because it's got gems like this it's got things like this written in there okay but if you have decided there is no god why must that then be my thought why must that be somebody who is buddhist thought why that must that be somebody who is um Muslim, if indeed there is no God, then that means you are fighting made-up things. That's foolish in itself. You are fighting invisible things. You are fighting mentally ill people. (laughs) No, it's just the truth. If there is no God, we are all crazy and you're fighting mentally ill people, which means you you must be mentally ill as well. All of us are mentally ill then. Because you are fighting people who believe in delusions, who are deluded. You are literally arguing with them. Could you argue with somebody who is who is not all there in the brain? Could you argue with somebody who is... Why would you argue with somebody who's drunk, let's say? Somebody who's lost all their faculties because they're under the influence? You wouldn't. You wouldn't. Why would you argue with a crackhead? You wouldn't. You know what I mean? And people might take offence to be like, you're not using the right terminology, Guys, I don't know what the right terminology is, okay? But that's just the truth. You wouldn't argue with a crackhead. You wouldn't argue with a one-year-old. You wouldn't. So then, if believers, if anyone who believes in God or a God is wrong to believe in that God, then they're mad. Leave them be. Don't argue with them. You go and be free in your non-belief, you know what I mean? And I'm saying that from an objective standpoint. I don't believe in other people's gods, like I said. But generally, why would you fight with mad people? You know what I mean? So, in the book of, Ro- not Romans, in the book of Second um, Peter chapter 3, uh, it says from verse 3 knowing this that scoffers will come in the last days walking according to their own and saying where is the promise of the coming for since the fathers fell asleep all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation for this they will fully forget that by the word of god the heavens were of old and the earth is standing out of water and in the water crazy it's a crazy verse as in like mind-blowing you know so to me understanding more the stance of what their mission is what an atheist's mission is and I'm sure that most atheists may not even share the desire to do away with religion but I think if the reddit questions are anything to go by that's that's the common purpose there is no god Why does everybody believe in this stupidness? We wish religion would die out and no one would believe in this stupidness. Then everybody would live in peaceful harmony because no one would believe in God. So what would we believe in then? I know, ourselves. We would believe in ourselves. But to me, is that a society that is worth living in if all we believe in is ourselves and our own abilities to do X, Y, and Z? You know what I mean? um let me read more so with atheist when it comes to morality it says our position of morality as it's most simple is that morality is a biological phenomenon and not imposed on us by supernatural authority for thousands of thousands of years religions have claimed that gods are the source of morality We reject this view and argue that human morality has developed over time. Clearly, moral values have changed through the ages. Many acts and opinions that were once acceptable to society are now generally considered wrong. For example, slavery and racism. These changes have come about through rational thought and discussion. Morality without reference to gods or religion allows this process to continue without being corrupted by beliefs. Um, based on faith. We do not propose or endorse any specific moral values or sets of rules that atheists and others should live by. Mm. It goes on to say, we do, however, encourage rational thought, debate and discussion, which will allow human beings to continue to to develop and refine their ideas about individual and collective morality. Um, I think that you can't, how, if, (sighs) I don't know how to put it, I feel like to have debates, you must have people who think differently, right? And to have this debate on morality, you need to have people who think differently. And if somebody is bringing in an idea that, oh, we believe that morality comes from God and you're bringing in a different idea, that's how you can formulate. You can come to a new understanding of something. You can formulate a new idea or understanding, yeah? So to say, get out, get rid of you know, religion, get rid of faith, get rid of gods, because, you know, we don't believe that morality comes from gods. Um, To me, that's interesting. But again, I'm the type of person who doesn't believe that it's just a over time development of morality. I don't think humans are moral. I don't think they're morally straight. You know what I mean? I think there is a moral standard that has been set by God that this is just my belief, a moral standard that has been set by God that makes people feel convicted when they're doing something wrong. Because what then shall we say? That psychopaths haven't just, they haven't caught up. Man like Ted Bundy and them Manet, they haven't caught up. People have done atrocious things. Where is their moral compass? You know what I mean? What happened to them? Because if we have over time developed this, surely every single person over time would feel and think the same thing. But then if, if God actually put the moral standards himself, people have got the choice to accept this or reject it. Surely, right? And this is just my way of reasoning in these questions. And I tend to ask more questions so you can ponder, you know, you the listener, you can ponder and think, okay, and think for yourself if that makes sense. Yeah? Because surely if we have thought of this clever thing of thou shall not kill, we came up with it ourselves and said killing is wrong, then surely everybody would have caught up by now. But if it's something that has been said, that I believe God has told us don't kill, has told us the moral standard. People look at that moral standard and say, yes, that makes sense. Killing is bad. And people look at that and say, I'm going to do what I want to do. I don't believe humans left to their own devices are capable of coming to the position where they say killing is wrong i don't believe so even having judges it's written in the bible that god set about judges right told moses to set about judges people who are going to judge cases and that's been practiced over the years it's like it's like to to wake up and think that we just randomly started doing things to me that sounds a little more less believable than it was taught to us by God himself, the justest of, mo- of the judges, you know what I mean? The moralist of all moralities. I don't know if I'm even making sense. And we, throughout the years or throughout the ages, we've passed it down and we've passed it down. But there are people who eat people, Who there are cultures who practice cannibalism. And... One might argue to be like if this is something that we have taught ourselves over time, then why, one for them? How come? How come they haven't caught up? If it's just a normal human inst- instinct, you know what I mean. Um, so that's a question I am, I suppose, putting out there for any non-believer listening. You know, um, and when it comes to or the other immoral things that people do, walk well, one for that. But I believe that there is a moral standard, and some people choose to accept that moral standard, and that people other people don't choose to accept that moral standard. Other people pick and choose what's moral and what's not moral to them. You know what I mean. Other people choose to do it. Like I watched a film um, on Netflix. It's about the Uruguayans who whose plane crashed in the mountains and they were stuck in the snow for for a very very long time. And they were eating people. They were eating humans. Personally, my morals would not allow me to do that. I would have died. You know what I mean? But people go, you don't know what you would do when you're desperate. I think I do, because of my beliefs. I just know that I would just rather die. You know what I mean? Because I know it's wrong. It's wrong. Wrong is wrong and can never be right. Killing is wrong and can never be right. Eating people is wrong and can never be right. Cheating is wrong and can never be right. Just there are things that are wrong, can never be right. If people justify to themselves and say, this is right to me, then this whole argument by the non-believers falls apart because then what one for those people how come how come the natural instinct you know how come the natural thing that humans have been doing over the years hasn't caught up to them this biological phenomenon how comes they don't have it that does that mean that they've got something wrong with them you know what I mean But I don't believe that morals are imposed on us by supernatural power. It's a choice after all. It's a choice whether you believe in that moral code or not. It's a choice. If you think it's okay to bear false witness against your neighbor, bear false witness against your neighbor. If you think it's it's right to have other gods before the God, then have other gods before the God. But the thing is,
2: fresh Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com Let's get this dinner party started
1: If this is truly his world and his universe and he's the creator of all things there is going to be an end and the consequences to those people who don't believe in that moral code And that's it But to go back to, you know, eradicate religion. Again, why must that be the case? Why is your opinion more important than mine? Why is your belief or lack of more important than mine? Why is your no God more important than my God? You know what I mean? Hmm. (laughs) So the next one I'm gonna be reading and looking, uh, we're gonna be discussing is uh, folk lore, or no, folk Lily, John. <laughs> Don't doubt me. It's folk religion, folk religion, aka paganism. It's like interchangeable. I found out like what pagans believe. It's basically this folk folk religion. So. I'm just going to read you a tiny little bit and I feel like most of us are going to go, oh, okay, that's what it is. And at first I was like, what's the difference between folk religion and spiritualism? But there's a difference. Folk religion is any ethnic or cultural religious practice that falls outside of, outside their doctrine of organized religion. Grounded on popular beliefs and sometimes called popular or vernacular religion, the term refers to the way in which people experience and practice religion in their daily lives. Okay, so these are the key takeaways for folk religion. Folk religion includes religious practices and beliefs shared by an ethnic or cultural group. Although its practices can be influenced by organized religious doctrines, it does not follow externally prescribed axioms. Folk religion also lacks the organization structure of mainstream religions and its practice is often geographically folk religion has no sacred text or theological doctrine it is concerned with the everyday understanding of spirituality rather than rites and rituals folklore as opposed to folk religion is a collective a collection of cultural beliefs passed down through generation folk religion is usually followed by those who do not claim any religious doctrine via baptism confession daily prayer reverence or church attendance folk religion can absorb elements of uh, elements of liturgically prescribed religions, as is the Christian for folk religion, folk Islam, and folk Hindu, but they can also exist entirely independent, like Vietnamese, Dao Mao, and many indigenous faiths. Okay, so these are the origins and key characteristics. The term folk religion is relatively new, dating back to only 1901 when a Lutheran um, theologian and pastor Paul Drews penned a German. So religiose Volkskunde or folk religion, I think that was perfect. It was perfect. If anyone is German, it was perfect. Drew sought to define the experience of the common folk or peasantry in order to educate pastors about the kinds of Christian faith they would experience when they left the seminary. So anyway, it goes on, it goes on. The rise of the Pentecostal church in the 20th century century intertwined traditional religious practices like prayer and church attendance with religious folk traditions, such as spiritual healing through prayer. Pentecostalism is now the fastest growing religion in the United States. Um, I feel like that's why it would be interesting to go to delve deep into other people's Christian denominations to see what they actually truly believe. But reading more up on this, it it dawned on me because, again, I was asking myself the question of what's the difference between folk religion and spiritualism. So spiritualism is divination, speaking to the dead, basically, Um, and them things there. But then folk religion is more or less like witchcraft and magic and Wicca or Wiccan, whatever it is, sorcery and things like that. Those are folk religions. And the first thing that popped into my mind when I kept on, when I was reading this is Disney films. You know, you've got your Moana folk religion. You've got your um, Pocahontas. You've got your Frozen, you know, folk religion. You know what I mean? It's all surrounded around witchcraft, around elements, fire, earth, whatever, around, you know, a legend that's been told in that time and this is what came to me that, oh, okay, then. It's, it's, I'm watching a type of religion and it's also through, like, their cultural beliefs. Because if you look at Mulan, for example, or you look at um, Pocahontas, for example, or you look at Moana, for example, they've got this backstory, you know? In Moana, they've got this backstory where... Um, What's it called? Maui took the heart of Tefiti, Tefiti, who was the creator, and the heart needs to be restored and, and all them things there. Yeah? And then you've got in Frozen, you've got this backstory of this girl who was born like this, and they took her to the trolls, and the trolls will perform their little things, the little magic things, and they were like, rah, this girl is different, and all them things there. You know what I mean? So that's what basically the folk religion is, is all about. It's it's just practicing witch, witchcraft, you know, sorcery, you know, uh, warlocks. It's them and there who do those things or that kind of belief, if that makes sense. In my country, we call him a singanga. Like, it's like a witch doctor. That's common and popular in Africa. Yeah, people to go to witch doctors, people who tell them, you know, who give them spiritual healing through putting these little potions together and things like that. It's what I discovered folk religion to be. You know what I mean? Um the difference between folklore and folk religion. While folk religion encompasses daily transcendent experience and practice, folklore is a collective of cultural beliefs that is told through myths, legends, and ancestral histories and is passed down generations. For example, pre-Christian pagan beliefs of Celtic people who inhabited now is now Ireland and United Kingdom were shaped by myths and legends concerning fae or fairies okay and it talks about changelings as well etc etc um but while folk religion encompasses daily transcendent experience and practice it's very vague it's very vague when they say that what what do you mean by that you know what I mean um you know, because to me, it sounds like it's intertwined with folklore. Because if we go back to the key takeaways, folk religion includes religious practices and beliefs shared by an ethnic or cultural group. It it sounds like it's just intertwined with folklore. Because that's, you know what I mean? But listen to this both both folk religion and folklore influence daily spiritual life and practices across the mod, modern world to me it's it's just an interesting thing i feel like it's back and forth it's just one and the same but again i could be wrong because there isn't much really written about this in terms of like really clarifying it all right but i did go and find about paganism um so regarding paganism or rather I did find it actually that it's people say it's interchangeable it's the same um on the on the internet that is you know through my research uh pagans that uh it doesn't help us at all as modern pagans that the early folk had the folklorists that the early folklorists had some curious ideas about folk. As far as I can make, I'm um, no scholar. Collectors and commenters of British folk customs went out amongst the natives, which matched the same kind of superior colonial attitude that was a norm for the period. Their starting assumption was that rural working class probably wouldn't change, wouldn't have changed much over the thousands of years, and that's the ancient paganism would be discovered by reading into what was then contemporary folk practice. Okay, Bear, just put a pin in that, put a pin in that, um, if we just go back to the um, origins and key, key characteristics where we read about the Lutheran um, theologian pastor, Drew sought to define the experience of the common folk or peasantry in order to educate pastors about the kind of Christian faith they would experience when they left the seminary and now we're reading about paganism, it's talking about you know, how this was born, basically. Um, their, st- their starting assumption was that the rural working class probably wouldn't have changed much over thousands of years. And that's the ancient paganism would be discovered by reading into what the contemporary folk practice. That's why I'm saying it sounds like it's just interchangeable. You know what I mean? It's like, It's like folklore, folk religion. It's just mushed. It's just paganism. It's a bunch of unique beliefs that fall outside of religious beliefs. And now those religious people, so Christians, kind of like take some of those that pagan belief and take it upon themselves. It's not the other way around. It's not pagans going to take Christian beliefs. It's actually Christians taking the pagan beliefs. But pagans have made up their own myths, legends. Who remembers when I did the episode about the epic Gilgamesh? That's, that's basically... Folk religion, that's folklore. That's a, a people believed in that. So there could be some Christian because I remember I read out a question, it was some Christian confused about this epic Gilgamesh. Some Christian is like, this sounds a little bit like, yo, it sounds realistic. It's now people going to seek that and taking it and going, ah, oh, I believe in a bit of that, you know. If you go out expecting evidence of ancient paganism and interpret everything in line with that expectation, we'll have an uncannily high success rate when it comes to finding evidence for ancient paganism. That's the power of circular logic. Folklore is a living, evolving thing. People are all time in history. have made up stories to explain things to to amuse and to amuse themselves and share them around it's what we do it was evidently hard for the middle class collectors to imagine that the working class people they were dealing with would they were dealing with could innovate and play and imagine but that says more about the class assumptions in the UK than it does about ancient paganism so it goes on it goes on to say all of these things folklore is a wonderful thing folklore is full of wonderful things fantastical magical stories and fair helping of tradition wisdom no doubt some of it really is ancient but it is it's not easy to tell what bits come from where there is wealth of there is the wealth of pagan inspiration to be found in folklore however we don't have to follow in the footsteps of one or more recent ancestors and assume that the people who live in the land are just stupidly repeating things you know what i mean um, they re- should be repeating things they don't understand. Generation after generation, because they are too dull-witted to make up anything new. Tradition bearers are not museum pieces and traditions do not do not stand still. So I think to to basically conclude, folk religion is, again, is an or cultural, religious practice that falls outside doctrine or organized religion. It's basically made up to fit a people. It's stories made up to fit a people. If they create a God, if they create like a Maui, for example, they created a Maui because Maui exists and all these things, then Maui exists, and that's what's going to be believed and practiced um, in their in their culture and background. But as this paganist, the pagan has or this the as the pagan page has just concluded, it's just paganism. You know what I mean? Um, But let me read a little bit about that. Let me go in the Bible and just read a little bit about that. Avoid wicked customs. Deuteronomy 18. This is taken from Deuteronomy 18. When you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughters pass through the fire, or one who practices witchcraft or a say, or one who interprets o- omens or a sorcerer, or one who congels spells or a medium or spirit- a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. For all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord. And because these abominations to the Lord, these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out um, from before you. So god is basically saying these things are not of god of course people are free to go and do and believe whatever it is that they want to believe but back in the day like when i was reading about the celtic um beliefs of fairies and stuff they believed in the changeling where they thought that when their child is a little bit not looking right or not feeling right they thought that the the fairy was inside the child in it so they'll take the child to the woods or whatever it is and leave the child there and if they go back and the child is dead then it means it's the fairy that died not their baby you know what I mean because the child was clearly possessed by the, the by the fairy and if the child is alive then the fairy had released the child and you can take your baby and go and live life These things have really influenced people over the years and God is calling it an abomination. So paganism is not a new practice. It's been practiced since ever. You know what I mean? Alternative beliefs are not new practice. They've been practiced since ever. And I'm just saying ever because I don't know the time in history, but ever, you know what I mean? So it's just to bring to our attention that there are these beliefs and these beliefs can make us believe certain things that aren't exactly true. And these beliefs include like having some African proverbs or just proverbs. Proverbs that are not in the book of proverbs in the Bible, but proverbs, like cultural proverbs. You know, I've heard a lot of stories in Malawi, just like scary ones, like about a type of people, a type of tribe and things like that. And when I say scary ones, it's because what they practice or what they believe, it's like rah, okay? In my country, we used to have um, vinyao, like uh, I'm just going to say in Chitumbuka, Vinyao, where people dress up, they put masks on, they dress up and they do dancing. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. And they dance and dance and dance and dance, right? I used to always find those things scary, but it's, it's tradition, it's cultural beliefs. That's folk religion. You know what I mean? And I am not convinced they're not dancing for a particular reason. That's of a spiritual variety, but that's just me. (laughs) But anyway, guys, let's move on. Last but not least, um, I looked into a type of belief and this belief. And I know that, you know, maybe we've heard of it or maybe some, some, some people have not heard of it. But This belief is pantheism. Pantheism is the belief that the universe and nature are numerous, numinous, that they and they alone are worthy of the reverence that traditional religions devote to, in quotes, God. Pantheism is the perennial religion. Children are born with it and and it continually emerges from all human spiritual traditions. And it is the feeling of awe and wonder that reality itself inspires into the theistic um, religion's project they imagined. And it continually emerges from all human spiritual traditions. It is the feeling of awe and wonder that reality itself inspires onto which theistic Religions project their imagined deities. Pantheism is as old as human speculative thought. It dates as far back as our Panishads, the Tao Te Ching, and the first Greek philosophers such as Thales and Heraclitus, the Chinese Taoist Changzu, Tao, Tao, Taoist Changzu and the Stoic philosopher Zeno of Citium. After Christianity was enforced as a state religion of the Roman Empire, it became dangerous to express pantheist, pantheistic beliefs. Panthe, pantheists such as Mr. Eckhart were marginalized while others were burnt and their books suppressed. Okay. During the 19th century, pantheism se- seemed, to set, to, seemed set to become the dominant religious philosophy but the wars and ideologies of the twentieth century, century caused some regress. Political ideologies such as communism, fascism, along with the wars of upheavals, they caused commanded attention. Post-war existentialism and postmodernism spread the beliefs that there were no basic truth. Yet pantheism existed, often among the most eminent writers and scientists, including. Einstein and Einstein and Hawking, D. H. Lawrence, Robin Jeffers, and Frank Lloyd Wright. Roddenberry wrote, "I think God is as much as a basic ingredient in the universe as neutrons and patrons. God is, for a lack of better term, clout. This is the prime force when we look around the universe." Einstein wrote, "The individuals, the individual feels the sublimity and marvelous order which reveal themselves both in nature and in the world of thought." He wants to experience the universe as a single significant whole. Robinson Jeffers wrote, The universe is one being, all its parts are expressions of the same energy, and they are all in communication with each other. This whole is so beautiful that I am compelled to love it and to think of it as divine. Divine. When you look up at the, at the night sky or the images of the Hubble Space Telescope, are you filled with feelings of awe and, awe, awe and wonder at the overwhelming beauty and power of the universe? Yes. When you are in the midst of nature, in a forest by, by the sea or in a mountain peak, do you ever feel a sense of sacred like the feeling of being in a vast cathedral? Yes. Do you believe that humans should be part of nature rather than set above it? No. If you can answer yes to all these questions, then you have panthe- pantheistic leanings, okay? Are you skeptical about God other than nature and the wider universe, Yes, yet you feel an emotional need for a recognition of something greater than your own self or than human race? If so, then scientific pantheism is very probably your natural philosophical or spiritual home. To believe that everything, like... There is no god, but everything is divine in itself. Where did that divine thing come from? Again, nothing something can come something can't come from nothing. So there is no god sure, but you are admiring his handiwork, yet there is no god. Then where did this beautiful things come from? You believe that humans should belong to nature and not set above it then how are you going to admire nature and have that thought about humans belonging to nature and not set above it? What do you mean? Do you mean we shouldn't have houses and we should live in nature and not be above nature? Would you live outside in a tree? Or would you chop the trees down to create yourself a cabin or something like that? Shelter. You know, with these views, the thing that leaves me head-scratching is, what do you suggest then? Of course you are going to go outside and admire the beauty of creation. Of course you're going to be in awe what the Hubble Space Telescope brings back. Because you you can't physically go there and see it yourself. And if you could physically go and see it yourself, you would be in awe and wonder, but where do we suggest this thing that we're admiring came from? So it just appeared and came from itself, but yet it's divine. Shouldn't we think that the gases and masses or whatever it is that produce this brilliant, amazing thing, that's the divine? Should a child say, look how brilliant I am because I myself have come in this world? Or should a child look at the parents and say, without you, I wouldn't have been here. And should now the child not look even deeper beyond the parents and say, without God, I wouldn't be here. There's a beginning for everything right? Should we then turn around and say this all came out of nowhere? How so would that make sense? So pantheism, I think in the, in the general sense, I can see it. I can see why people feel this way, to be like, there is no God, but I'm seeking for something that's bigger than myself. And that thing that's bigger than myself is nature. Nature hurts nobody. Okay. Nature hurts nobody. Nature is the safe zone. And by nature hurts nobody, I'm saying to believe in nature. The reason why I don't have the pantheistic mindset or belief is because I am left in I am left humbled and in awe when God answers Job and he said, I will question you and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Do we know what the foundations of the earth look like? Because the foundations of the house, I can say that's the foundations of the house, but what are the foundations of the earth? Is it what we we perceive to be the earth's core? Is it what we perceive to be the ground? Is it what we perceive to be the ocean and the waters? You know what I mean? It says, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. You know. God is being a little bit like surely you know since you want to be doing all yappa 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 or who stretch who stretch the line upon it to what were its foundations found fastened you do you see what I'm saying you are in awe of something you cannot understand yourself To what were its foundations fastened or who laid its cornerstone? The earth is indeed round. Who laid its cornerstone? Do you see the deepness in what God is saying? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy, or who who shut in the sea with with doors? We don't ever view it like that because God is painting a picture of creation, but we just see it happen and we go, we're in awe. But every time I see nature I think to myself though I am set above it right but you it can kill me because this is God's creation this doesn't belong to humans this belongs to God it's for our enjoyment our you know admiration but it doesn't belong to us you know or who shut, the, who shut in the sea, door, the sea with, its, with doors? When it burst forth and issued from the womb, who made the clouds its garments? And thick darkness its swaddling band. When I fixed my limit for it and set my bars and doors, when I said, this far you shall come, but no farther, and here your proud ways must stop. Have you commanded the morning since your days began and caused the dawn to know its place? that it may take hold of the ends of the earth and the wicked be shaken out of it. He goes on, he goes on, he goes on. And God continues to ask questions and questions. He lays it all out for him, questions. And he finishes at the end and says, shall the one who contends with the Almighty correct him? He who rebukes God, let him answer it. You who has rebuked God, who has questioned God, right? Answer these questions. How can I go out in God's creation and say, there is no God? Answer that. How can I say, look at this beautiful creation? I stand amazed. I'm in awe. Yet, I don't understand a single bit of it. How can I answer that? The book of Job, especially when God is answering Job, it's a very interesting and um, humbling dialogue between God and Job. Because God sits back and listens to Job say all these things, question God, God, what did I do wrong? I have. Da, 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 da. And God sits back and listens to him until his heart is empty, until he's released everything that he was thinking, feeling great. This is what God likes. He likes to have dialogue and a relationship with his people. How can you be in my creation and think I don't care about you? How can you be my creation and think I'm not listening and think I'm not paying attention to what's going on with you? Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Where were you when I was putting I was giving the sea boundaries? And I read that we are living in water but above the water. We we are on dry ground. But yet the earth is basically mostly water. Deep that. Where were we? Where were where any of us? When God was laying its found when God was laying the foundations so this week's you know this week's episode is a little bit different it's like three different beliefs in one but most of this just leaves me asking more questions because I find my answers in God you know what I mean I find my answers in God and I find my answers in the Bible. But for anyone who is listening, ask yourself these questions. If ever you wanted to turn to the left or turn to the right and say there is no God, first, you must be able to ask yourself questions and answer them completely. If there is no God, how can you stand in something and admire it? And it came from nothing. How can you even think? There is no God. Where is that thought coming from? Where? Because where? nothing, something can't come from nothing. Something has to come from something. You know what I mean? Everything needs to have a beginning. Surely. Right? And if not, then what gives? Where did it all come from? Because even scientists believe that the world started from somewhere. Then that's the divine. That's somewhere. That's the divine. Because they don't claim it came from nothingness. They say it came from something, the gases and masses and whatever it is. And then a big bang it expanded and it, whatever it is that they say, and it, a big bang came about and here we are. That, that's the divine then. We must fear that. Because that's the beginning of everything. But fools have set in their hearts and they've said there is no God. Fools go outside and say, look at this beautiful creation. There is no God. Fools say, this is what we have been practicing for traditions for years and years. We believe in in sorcery. We believe in witchcraft. We believe in Nasingangas, yeah, the witch doctors. We believe in that kind of healing. There is no God because this is what works for us. Fools have said in their hearts, there is no God. But I'm here to tell you that there is a God and you ought to fear him. Not to fear him where your knees are buckling and they're knocking against each other. You ought to give him some respect. You ought to fall on your knees and reverence the name of God. However, however, it's your choice. You ought to but you don't have to. It's your choice. You know what I mean? Anyway, friends, let me leave it right there. Let me leave it right there. I hope you have enjoyed this episode, even though it's been like three and one, and I have been quite tired. Um, But I hope you did enjoy the episode. Um, You know, it's very interesting to learn different things that other people believe. And to me, all it's doing for me is affirming my beliefs in the Bible and my beliefs in God. Because you can find answers for everything in the Bible. It's basically like a life manual. I used to say, oh, there is no manual to life. The Bible is the manual to life. Okay? It's a manual to life. And the things that you feel like you can't find in the Bible, I bet you can. I bet you can find them. You get what I mean? But we're living in a world full of confusion, full of different beliefs. We ought to respect other people's beliefs, obviously. But like I say before, I will not bow down to anybody else's God. However, I will respect you and your beliefs. You think I'm delusional? You probably you know, I probably think you're delusional. We both think we're delusional. I think the atheists, people who don't believe in God are delusional because it's like, how can you not believe in a single thing? But they clearly think I'm delusional. So in fact, we are all living in a world where every single person perceives the other person to be mad. So in that, on based on that, then we ought to respect each other's madness. We ought to just let each other get on with it and be each other's madness and respect each other's madness and let each other be mad. But one thing that I don't like and I don't stand for is people who like to force their beliefs on other people. I know that Christianity gets painted in a bad light and stuff, but there is history there. And again, that's why I always say I'm a Christian. Specifically, I'm a Seventh-day Adventist. Because though I'm a Christian, but I have to remove myself from the general christian identification and identify myself on whom i really am which is seventh day adventist i'm a bible believing christian yeah so let me leave you right there and i'll leave us with this friends the fool has said in his heart there is no god
2: Mwah, mwah, mwah. I'm sorry the episode is over, but please tune in next week for another exciting journey. Goodbye, goodbye, bye, bye, bye. Have good vibes. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well,